0: Welcome to Therapist Uncensored, a podcast where therapists freely speak their minds about real life matters. All right. Welcome back. For those listeners following our adult attachment series, you're really going to love this episode. Well, you know, actually, even for new listeners, this is a great one to get started on. In our show, we do a lot of discussion about building security within ourselves and in our relationships. And often we are talking about romantic relationships. And you know what? This applies in so many other ways. And there are many listeners out there that are not in romantic relationships, often by choice. So instead, today, we're going to focus on the single person not looking for a relationship. How does this work in all of what we're talking about work in real life and in all sorts of situations? And our guest today is Becky Mendeville. You know, Becky cracks you up with her honest to the point and really touching interpretation of what she has gained from listening to our attachment series so she's going to be approaching it from a complete non-therapist single person perspective and really the the conversation that Becky and Sue have is so enjoyable Becky's so relatable that it's going to be entertaining but really it's it has so much content in it as well all right well let's get started
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Sue Marriott with Therapist Uncensored. And we are so excited to bring you. This is going to be fun because Becky Mendeville is... Oh, no, not my last name. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you're out now. She is going to be talking to us about, you know, we've been doing all this attachment stuff. All these therapists are like, oh, you know, how about the glial cells and blah, blah, blah. And Becky's going to bring us down to reality. So anybody who is either new to this, or, you know, it's not in a clinical setting, wants to apply these are, you know, knows these are great ideas, but wants to apply it to real world life, right? Becky is going to be our truth teller and bring us down to reality and really talk about it in plain language. So that, you know, we're not just speaking to the choir, right?
2: Right. And also we don't have that limited perspective of someone who's involved in a romantic relationship. Exactly. Okay. um, What is it? Actively. (laughs) Actively not. You're a single person not looking for a relationship. Not actively dating. So I'm a single, not actively dating person. Not really No, not actively looking for relationships. That's right. And honestly,
1: we have gotten several... By the way, thank you, listeners, because we have gotten feedback about like, yeah, 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 that's great for people in relationship. But there are a lot of other people out here.
2: Yes. As I'm listening to your podcast, I'm thinking to myself, how can I adjust what they're saying to someone who isn't in a romantic relationship? So I'm trying to make those adjustments as you guys are talking about it on the podcast. And so I think, yeah, you have some... We've got so much to learn. That's right.
1: And so Becky's going to help us bring it down to real world because I totally agree with you. I've noticed that even when we start out about dating or whatever, whatever, if you notice there's all this bias towards relationship and romantic relationship. So we're leaving out a huge vibrant segment of the world.
2: And it's easy to make the adjustment, you know, for someone who's not in a romantic relationship, but it would be nice not to have to do that, right? Yes! It would be nice to have a podcast that focuses on people who just want to improve relationships in general. Right. Not not romantic romantic relationships. relationships. Not dating relationships.
1: Amen, sister.
2: (laughs) Relationships. um, So I've used it to work on relationships with my daughter. Wow. Okay. And let's just... um, do you want to just start there? Like, okay, so this is, you're a single mom. Yes, I'm a single mom, working professional. Yeah, my daughter's in high school. So that's a challenge in and of itself. And so I thought I would do some fun. And so you're learning about this attachment stuff. And probably it's <laughs> producing great paranoia. Oh, sure. <laughs> As a parent, I <laughs> think that was the first experience with it. listening to the podcast and learning about attachment like i had to turn it off just because it was so much oh my gosh me too when i was reading it it was just like oh god it's just it's uh it's like a shame it is it was like i know i'm blue i know it like stop stop (laughs) telling me how blue i am and how (laughs) (laughs) awful (laughs) i (laughs) am okay so shall we slow down oh yes and so i don't know anything other than blue (laughs) all like the science and terminology behind that tell
1: the audience what your understanding of blue is
2: (laughs) oh My understanding of blue is a little avoidant, probably very avoidant. And one of the things I really took away from the episode you did on that blue part of the spectrum is that you think you're okay. You think you're cool and independent and don't Doesn't that suck? <laughs> that was like the worst part of it. It was like somebody <laughs> threw a bucket of cold water in my face. I was like, Well, I thought I was really independent. Secure. I know. Like I don't need anybody's help. And it's I'm awesome. Like, that's <laughs> Have perfect. you seen the video
1: of the shot with a guy on the cliff or whatever and he's by himself and it's talking about the blue and he's like i'm totally good
2: i'm good out <laughs> here i'm perfect and then who the wouldn't want to be uh, me i know and then <laughs> the next scene is like it's getting a little chilly out here. <laughs> or maybe I should. Head I back. have no one.
1: <laughs> okay, so the video, let's slow down. So the video is one that is available on YouTube from Therapist Uncensored, and it does the basics. If you're new to this and you have no idea what blue is, there's a short video that's going to uh, bring you up to date. But in general, the idea is we are taking attachment and the research from attachment, instead of putting it in the annals of research, that we are bringing it to the public, which basically means. We want to make it usable, and in order to make it usable, we need to think of it not as a researcher, but as a clinician, or as Becky's saying, it's just a person in the world that's not a clinician at all, but like, how can this stuff be useful? So we put it on a spectrum, and there are several episodes, and we're going to reference these in the show notes, that give you the background to this, but I'm going to give you a one-sentence gist, which is that the science that backs this is very profound but the general idea is that on the, this is the way we've interpreted it this is a therapist uncensored version putting on a spectrum the blue is what Becky's talking about which is the avoidant side of the attachment spectrum, and that's on
2: one end of the spectrum that's right
1: right right, right. and as a matter of fact by the way quick side note Becky actually helped us do some of the graphics for I some did of the that.
2: graphic for the spectrum the attachment right. spectrum right. and it's been really sweet because she's and I still don't remember (laughs) (laughs) exactly what the exact terminology is, but I just remember the spectrum.
1: See, and since she worked on it in such detail, we know it's obviously not that clear, and so we're going to keep coming back over and over and trying to like make it as understandable as possible. I
2: just think it's a lot to digest. I think that the concept of you're on this side and it means this, and then the middle means this, and then the red side means something else, I think that's really understandable, but Breaking down those pieces is, is what's really helpful. I, I totally agree. And that's part of why we wanted to
1: being, bring Becky on the air because I felt like she could speak for so many people of you listening yes, that are I'm like, not oh, a what? therapist by like, train. What the heck? So uh, again, the one sentence thing is like the blue is on the avoidance side. Which basically means I just bristled
2: a little bit when you said avoidance. <laughs> See,
1: there you go. Basically, it means it's, it's folks that have had an experience usually. And again, we're not blaming parents. This is not a parent, parent blaming. I, I blame my parents, <laughs> but because probably they had their parents and we could run it all the oh, way up yes, the generational the line, right? So this isn't promoting any problems like that, but it really is more promoting empathy. Like if you had a parent that wasn't comfortable with affect and wasn't comfortable with soothing and comfort and feelings then you learn to basically reduce your feeling sense and instead like get in your head and be like, I'm fine. Everything's good. Pull myself up by the bootstraps. These are parents that might say, Oh, yeah, I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I heard that all the time when I was See? growing up. See? And she says she's blue. What's so weird is that I have a really good relationship with my parents now. But, you know, growing up, it was very much about, like, you want something to cry about? I mean, it was very much, I had that, I think, blue experience. And I find that thinking back on it now, despite the fact that I tried to be the best parent and I knew the research, on being a parent and what was important at what stages of growth my daughter was at. I still listening to your podcast. I, I still, I can think back and think, Oh, well, I might've been a little bit of a blue parent to my daughter, despite all my best intentions. It is so vexing. Like I remember my, like my daughter, I remember thinking she's been so clingy and that's horrible. Cause I'm sure I'm um, now I'm passing that on to her. Right. It is so vexing. I so appreciate you
1: saying this. And also, but not in a self-abusive sort of way. Like this is so unconscious and it's basically the Petri dish that we're raised in. And Becky, I totally am right in your boat. Like even though I could teach this and I might be doing parenting classes and teaching about attachment, I might come home and be like, I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. You know, like. It's just so ingrained, I think. It is the cinnamon and the cinnamon roll. <laughs> so it's very hard to see and it's just permeates. Plus you don't want to take the
2: cinnamon out of the cinnamon roll. That's really <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs>
1: oh, I love that though. And that's part of what we're saying is it's not dysfunctional. Here's an example. Since we're talking about blue, let's just stay there for a minute. Again, that's the side that might reduce Affect meaning feelings and emotion. And as a matter of fact, we might be suspect of it and like feel threatened if we're honest, when someone's highly emotional and we might do a lot of eye roll and dismissiveness and even be degrading at times. Like it's, it's not cool to be so it's, it's not cool to be, you know, irrational. I know
2: I've been nodding the whole time you've been talking (laughs) because it's so true. Like I like the eye rolling. Oh, I just can't stand it. What is wrong with with these people? (laughs) Exactly. But where we got that from was probably
1: when we shrink ourselves to two, three, actually one, two, we may have been eye-rolled, at, and yet we were only a wild amygdala, (laughs) meaning that, again, those of you that are familiar with the neuroscience, we didn't have any kind of regulatory function in our mind or in our nervous system, and we're relying on our parents to be the ones to soothe us. And so if our parents, unfortunately, had the experience that we're talking about, that Becky and I are talking about, where there was a little bit of a like, why are you crying?
2: Right? Well, my parents are both educators. So they were teachers, they had students all day long, and then they had to come home to four kids. I mean, I can just imagine that they just kind of try to tamp us down a little bit and be like, we don't like we don't really want to hear. We don't do, we don't do this emotion. Thing. Right. We're, we are. We want you to be, you know, seen and not heard and that whole kind of thing. So I, I get it. And I don't blame them.
1: Totally. And this is not a parent blaming thing. However, if you can notice in Becky's, even in Becky's language, that probably somebody who had, had a more secure experience, if you don't mind me saying, because, again, I'm in your boat. Right. Entirely. I had a mom that worked full time had a disabled parent. So my experience was that I was overwhelming. I was too much. So you're already, you've, you've drunk the Kool-Aid. Right. It's like, of course they would, it would be too much. But I can almost guarantee you that there are tons of families where that they go to work and they're enriched by their work.
0: And they and come then, home and happy then they come and excited. home
1: and they're like really looking forward to seeing their kids and they have the delight and the excitement and that's a very natural thing. So it's just, it, it's so much in the soup. Yep. And again, I'm really relating to you because in my adult relationships, my biggest difficulty is like believing that people want to be with me and that I'm not a problem and that I'm not a burden. It's just in the Petri dish. It's just how
2: Isn't it Isn't it awful, though, that we're just conditioned now to kind of try to be no trouble and That's right. try and to then, be even keel? And, and then as you're pointing out with your child, as you're also trying to unconsciously sort of
1: pass that along, it's like, oh, shake it off. You're fine. Everything's okay. And partly because that was how we made it and made it okay. And so we want our kids to be, it's not an unloving thing. And this is really important. So if the, if any of you are identifying with this blue side of the spectrum, it's like, I think your parents were really trying to toughen you up and deal with the world. This isn't, we're not throwing your parents under the bus at all. But at the same time, we are trying to be empathic about the experience of when you just are a kid and you need something and somebody's telling you to brush it off it can be a real mess,
2: yeah, I think it's tough because i know I know my parents love me, yes, because of how much care they gave to my upbringing and and trips and and all that kind of thing, but you know on a day to day basis, it was more like try to be the yeah. least amount of trouble yeah. as you possibly can. Fed, watered, sleep. Right, exactly. <laughs> I had the basic necessities. Yeah. The ex- once the Excel spreadsheet is, is check, check, no. check. We're and good. then after that, that's it. I was on my own. <laughs> don't don't ask me for anything else. So Becky,
1: say more about what you've heard and how you've applied it.
2: Oh, I had so much fun. Um, well, so initially I said, I think it's interesting my first reaction to finding out that I was part of the blue spectrum the blue club <laughs> I was part oh of the Oh my blue gosh club. we should have a club It was so interesting to me because I was listening to the podcast that you did on that blue side of the spectrum avoidant I guess is what you call it Avoidant dismissive
1: um. <laughs> Indigo. I, I had a client come in and tell me, Hey, indigo. I heard that. I am not blue. You think I'm blue, but I'm actually indigo. <laughs> it's
2: a little bit better than blue.
1: Exactly. That's kind of the point, is that it's not you're not only one thing that it is a gradient. Yeah, but, that's
2: so true though. I don't want to like diverge too much, but I listen to the blue, I call it the <laughs> I call you it
1: identify blue podcast. with that. This is this is empowering for you. I call
2: it the blue podcast. So I listened to the blue co- podcast and I was like, <laughs> Oh my god. I'm dismissive and avoidant, and I I turned it off. I couldn't listen to anymore. Once I was like, (laughs) once I realized when I heard you say you're independent and you think you got everything covered, but like you really don't, (laughs) was what I was hearing. I was like, oh shit, and like literally turned it off. I was like, I can't listen anymore. This is me, Maria. You need to just. Oh my god, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, I suck. I turned it off. And then I was talking to someone that same weekend. And they're like, oh, yeah, I was listening to the podcast. And I totally identified with the blue. And I was like, what? I did too. And so like, it was so weird to talk to somebody who had listened to the podcast, the same one I had just listened to. And they related in the same exact way that I did. It was really nice. And so it kind of, I think, got me back. To the podcast, to listen to the rest of it. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this, Becky. Did it feel
1: shaming And how we described it? Like, it's why you needed to turn it off. Did you have a shame
2: experience? I don't think I felt shamed. You know what I remember feeling was overwhelmed. So it wasn't a shaming feeling, but I did feel so overwhelmed with... It sounds um, like insight, like you were
1: beginning to reflect. Yeah,
2: like all of a sudden I realized, oh, shit, like I don't have it all together. It's all a facade. and sister. <laughs> it's all a facade. I'm not independent. I'm, I don't know what zipped up is what you like to say. And that like broke my heart a little bit. And I felt like such a failure. Here I was. I thought I had it all together. I don't need anybody's help. <laughs> I am doing my own thing, and I, I got it under control. Relationships, I, I don't, don't need, need anybody. anything for anybody. Friends? Whatever. <laughs> Friends are only good for margaritas. But <laughs> then I realized it was actually something that maybe needed a little bit of adjustment, maybe some work. And so that's what this conversation with a friend who said she was also blue had the same kind of experience, a really similar experience to me made me go back to the podcast and think, well, maybe I need to keep listening and find out, do I have a chance <laughs> at surviving? Any or hope over- for me whatsoever? Yes. <laughs> can I overcome this blueness?
1: Okay, so we can freeze. So notice that as someone who identifies as blue, that when you get emotionally upset, what did you do? I shut it down. That. I said,
2: bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> I don't need you. Exactly. <laughs> Screw you podcast. Right. Fuck you. I'm not blue. <laughs> Being blue
1: is awesome. Right. So just notice, like, this is actually a really important point. This is what we do. When we're on the blue side and we begin to get effectively wound up, our impulse is to just turn off whatever's happening. And then we can go right back to comfort. So you're making a really important point, but then with support and with
2: help and with talking to somebody, I mean, it always helps. Right? It always helps to have someone be able to like you can relate to. Like, oh my god, I'm not the only one feeling this way. That's right. And so I went back and I listened to the rest of the podcast, and thank God I did. I'm not trying to plug therapists on a Podcast. Listen to it all the time. So I went back and listened to it, and thankfully, um, they had some advice for like how you can kind of tips for how to relate with people in your life who might not understand what it means to be in that blue zone of the attachment spectrum. And honestly, it sounds really silly. I feel silly saying it. But it really did kind of change my life and maybe not my life, but my perspective. It really, really did. And I was so excited because I decided to try this little experiment with my daughter. And I I think in the podcast, so your daughter is how old? She's 16. Okay. And it's just her and I, and she's living with me like 95% of the time. And one of my big fears is that she's going to be like me. I mean, you know, because I'm, you know, a little blue. (laughs) a little closed off, a little zipped up. This is a super important
1: point that you're making, Becky, is like the unconscious intergenerational transmission of attachment issues.
2: Yeah, so that's a whole other topic, I think. But anyway, so I thought I would try this experiment with my daughter, which is actually kind of fun. In the podcast, they suggested, and this is my interpretation, I could have it a little bit wrong, but they suggested that instead of being like a little bit cold or a little bit Off putting to people in your life. You guys talked about romantic partners, but I related it to my daughter was to actually be like welcoming and happy and, you know, and engaging instead of just a little closed off. So for about a week, when my daughter got home from school, she was getting home later than me because of her extracurricular activities, but so when she got home, I was home already, and she walked in the door, and I would just be really happy, so of, happy yeah. to see her, and you belong to oh me, my gosh. you belong in this yes, family. I haven't seen you in so long, it's so good to see you, and I would say, hey, how was your day, and sometimes, you know, depending on the situation, I would go up and I would give her a hug, and I would say, how are you, how was your day, with a smile on my face, and it was sincere. I wasn't play acting. No, no. But no. I really had but you, to put myself. But you were myself, consciously yes,
1: like, uh, making it more explicit than you might otherwise.
2: Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Before, you know, it was kind of implicit. Like, I, of course I was happy to have her home. Right. so daughter. you might give her the head nod. Right. Like, hey. <laughs> no, actually, usually when she would get home, I'd be like you know, complaining about something. Oh, that's so great. Like, what's you're that, so insightful. What's that stain on your shirt? What happened? I mean, <laughs> or she'd give me her lunch bag and I'd be like, you didn't eat your lunch? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I so love what you're saying. So like real and honest. Yeah. So anyway, what was super exciting about doing this experiment was she was in such an amazing mood. And honestly, I'm not just, I I feel like I'm making some crazy plug, like an infomercial or something, but it was really true. And I was so excited to tell Ann and Sue that their podcast works. (laughs) I was, I was so excited to give them a testimonial because what I did with my daughter and being happy to see her when she got home from school and enthusiastically greeting her when she came in the door, it, it totally changed how she was afterwards, like, you know, sitting around at home after dinner, doing her homework, she just was happy. I could see it in her demeanor. And it was, it was crazy.
1: I'm just so touched hearing you say this. And this is nothing about an infomercial. This is really about something that has moved you in your heart. And that you can feel as your heart opens, that there's like neural Wi Fi, you can feel her
2: heart opening,
1: right? that's so it's like almost something you can't vulnerable. describe right yeah.
2: because you don't know my daughter and you don't know that I could tell the differences but I mean I think anyone who's a parent oh believe well, know. me I think there's listeners all over the world that are
1: nodding with you right now and they know exactly what you're talking about
2: I mean honestly I feel like I was some crazy. No. Um, lab technician doing some weird experiment. I hate like the thought of doing social really... experiments with my daughter, but it was so rewarding, actually.
1: Yeah, and you have more to say about work as an ex- another experiment that Becky right. did. But uh you know, when I have gone to schools and talked about this and one of the I gave this silly example. I just so love what you're saying, Becky. It's like so grounded and real world. And I had given this example of you know, I'm learning this stuff. And again, that's not naturally in my body. I'm having to like top down, like do it just like you. Like it's not natural, but, right. but when you do it, you can feel, it feels really different. And my son was young and I had said, okay, you can play like at whatever, 820, we are going to bed. So you can play you know, you've got between now and now to play. And so I come in at say 820 or 815 or something. And I'm like, okay, let's wrap it up. And he bursts into tears and he's just like but i'm not ready you know and because of this training right like my natural thing would be like well tough like i'm you know i want to go to bed like you yeah. <laughs> have yep. but instead so i'm like well what do you mean you're not ready and so i began to try to join him and try to find out what his experience was and basically what he was what i understood at that point was that he had spent this whole time setting up his lego scene to play and so that wasn't counting as playing, <laughs> right? And so he was really upset because he didn't get to play. But from me, my perspective, he's in there like putting his toys, I mean, you know,
2: his guys where they want
1: right. them. Well, and blah, Also, blah, blah. as
2: a parent, you're looking forward to that 8.20 time exactly. frame where or you can to sleep. So
1: with this, the change I made was like, instead of countering him or just setting the boundary or what have you, like I really made this conscious effort to see it from his eyes. And I'm like, oh... Like you thought you were going to get to set up the whole scene and get really set where all the army guys were like ready to whatever it was. Actually, it was Lord of the Rings. They were all going to be able to, you know, the the goblins and they were going to do their thing. And then I interrupted you. So you're naturally upset about that because then it feels like you didn't get to play at all. Whereas from my perspective, it was just about the clock. Right. And when the clock hit the thing. That's when you teach him about
2: time management. Right.
1: Exactly. But but what was different was I took the time to slow down and be like, oh, I get why you're upset. Like, of course. And then I could comfort him. I was like, oh, that's so disappointing because now you can't play it all out. And then we were able to problem solve about like, let's save it just as it is. And then let's wake up maybe a little early so you can keep it going. Like I was so much better, but I really, just like you, Becky, I had to like shift into this other way of relating instead of it being like, oh, he's challenging my authority or like just some of these just more limiting beliefs. It's like, let me first really get in his shoes and like, really understand he's not just defying me. He really had a different experience of what was happening. And it was only like, I real just like you, I had to like, it wasn't what came up naturally. And I really had to like, almost like get myself to stop the natural impulse and to really like right. bridge over. You didn't want to be like
2: that soldier who says, you know. Right. Tough, yeah, you and, know, and no, su- not time. surprisingly,
1: I was raised by a military father. <laughs> but you overcame that exactly, exactly. So this is a very
2: hopeful message. And so you had a work example, I think. Oh yeah. So well, of course, not being happy to just try it out at home, I had to. You know, I found other ways to think about people in my life that I spend a lot of time with, whose relationships could improve that relationships I had with people that could improve and I thought about my office Well, and as a
1: serious blue person you might not think about that very often right
2: no <laughs> you just want to do your task at work right and be left alone and but your podcast made me realize like that's not the place I need to be as comfortable as it is for me I know that it's not exactly like a productive
1: yeah it can be kind of isolating it,
2: it is actually Completely isolating, and what's interesting is that at work in our office, I am a little bit isolated from the rest of our group. Do you mean physically, like how things physically are set right. up? Yeah, yeah. So that
1: actually, makes it, that's a really it's great, point. really interesting. It makes a really important difference.
2: It really does because sometimes I get people coming over to my side of the building, and they're like, "Just wanted to come over and make sure you were okay." Right, we so have that, so that's a, a normal, while. So
1: when we think of that in attachment world
2: like that's a bid for connection.
1: It's a what? It's a bid for connection. Oh. It's like it's it's not really that they thought you were dead right. or something, right? It's it's like I think of like a little fern tendril, but a blue
2: person would that wouldn't no, be their they'd be first like, instinct. Duh! I'm not dead. Right? I'm so happy in my little corner of the world where nobody. Why are you ever bothering me? It's like really, you no. thought I was dead because I'm so happy here. I've got my window. You don't understand. This is beautiful. So that's all what she's describing is this
1: auto regulatory. You're in your own kind of autistic world. <laughs> no, it's I'm not right. I'm with you. A hundred percent. Are you labeling me now? No, not at all. But, but it's part of it. What I'm saying is like, there's many people I know that are identifying with both of us and that, that like, Hey, how are you? Like that we don't quite understand. Yeah. What's what the is problem? the incoming? There's an incoming something. Do you need something from me? Know, right.
2: You were coming over here because. <laughs> <laughs> Don't understand. I already texted you, you know, my sca- yeah. I know, right? I've sent you like eight emails today. You know I'm here. <laughs> okay, What's so that, that was the old. Now, what is the new? That was the old. Okay, so in my job, I work. I'm supposed to collaborate with a lot of people. But of course, because of the industry I work in, we do a lot of collaboration via email. But I decided that I was going to start... I'm going actually going over and talking to people that I work with. Dun dun dun. Uh, I know. So, bleeding edge is what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, and so I would go. Wait, and- wait, wait. Bleeding? Bleeding edge. edge. Bleeding? I'm not sure why bleeding is the word. Oh my gosh. Because bleeding I- edge is not enough, it has <laughs> to be bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Listeners, pay attention. This is so awesome. This is exactly. Well, maybe the cutting edge. So cutting edge isn't enough. It has to bleed. <laughs> we want blood. Bleeding edge. That's right. Because we're not sick unless we have a fever or have lost an arm. Or you're, you're bleeding out and exactly. almost can't but be You saved. have to like have something to point to. It can't just be that, like you know. Look at the blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's proof.
1: Oh, Lordy.
2: <laughs> it's horrible. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. It's almost as bad as synergy, I think. Synergy. Have you you've heard synergy, I hope. <laughs> I
1: don't know
2: Synergistic? No? You're I not mean in I the know the word, world. but
1: I don't know what you, how you're referring to
2: it. It's horrible. You know, people <laughs> want to come and create synergies with us. <laughs> it's so useless. Is that kind of like is that kind of like morale? As a blue person, I'm like, I don't need synergy. <laughs> I just got to do my job and I'm good. <laughs> what is my task? My know. Excel spreadsheet. Check, you, you are getting check, in the way
1: of my Excel check. spreadsheet.
2: Synergy does not fit in you any told category. You told me what I had to do. I wasn't told Synergy was part of it.
1: <laughs> Change my job description if and synergy, increase my salary.
2: If Synergy had been part of it, I would not have taken this job. <laughs> but, you know... You got to get out and see people and it'll change your life. Wait, hold on. So so, here's a blue person listening, right? Okay.
1: And they're like, yeah, they're totally identifying. Yeah. What is the problem? What are all these needy people? I'm fine over here. Okay. So you're having this after experience. What is that? What after experience?
2: (laughs) After your insight into the value of synergy. You mean when I saw the light and I was walking towards the light? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, so when I saw the light, started walking towards the light, I realized I needed to get out and engage my coworkers, my colleagues, not because my brain was telling not me. Not because your Excel spreadsheet <laughs> said, go engage your colleagues. Not because I wanted to engage <laughs> with my colleagues. I just felt like maybe, maybe that would help me get to the green zone, oh, which right. is supposedly the place to be, right? It's the... <laughs> it's nirvana, is it's what nirvana. I hear. It's nirvana. So I was like, okay, well, actually, it was all about the experiment. Okay, like, Let me see how this experiment would go. So I decided I was going to go to work, and I was going to, like, you know, log into my workstation, <laughs> and then I was going to go out into the world and see what my colleagues were doing. So I went over to their side of the office. And you I was, physically walked over? I actually Different. walked over. I put tennis shoes on first. <laughs> Cause I didn't want to, you know, wear out my wedges. So I walked, put my tennis shoes and walked over to that side of the building. And I was like, Hey guys, nice. how's it going? And I would go and I would <laughs> never like, who, you who are you were <laughs> here? I forgot what you look like. <laughs> you don't look like your picture you know, like, on the screen. Am I in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then my boss was like, what are you doing over there? Get back to your area. No, but so I walked over there. And I would just go like check in with people. Like I had a reason to check in with them because we were working on projects together. So I would go over to one person. I'd be like, hey, how's it going with this? Blah, 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 blah. And we would talk face to face, which was odd. <laughs> <laughs> but did you find that enjoyable? <laughs> be honest. To th- I'm thinking about be it, honest. right? I have to think about it. Was it enjoyable? I think it was rewarding. Ah, okay. That's different. So, yeah, that's, right? That's so I'm not going to actually like make the stretch to enjoyable, okay. probably. But I do. I think it's rewarding. It was value added. You know what's really weird, actually? Is that I find now that I really like talking to people face-to-face. And sometimes I get annoyed when they're not at the office and they're working from home. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my God. Your need is activated. Uh, right. I'm like what you're working from home today that's such bullshit right so so okay so if we translate
1: that that might be that you're a little disappointed that you may have been hoping for a
2: little contact sometimes it's important Uh, right to look someone in the eye and say why the fuck didn't you get this done on time You were supposed to have gotten this done a week ago, what's going on? And then they can't lie to you because they're looking right at your face. Right. But I think where you were actually <laughs> headed
1: was yes. that you would actually were looking forward to seeing them and that you may have been a little
2: disappointed. It's making a really big stretch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Obviously, we still, we still have more work to do. You know, However, <laughs> I enjoy working with people and being part of a team. And I think that so much more work gets done when you can communicate face to face because there's a back and forth. There's a really nice back and forth that happens when you're talking to a person directly. That doesn't happen when you're emailing or IMing or whatever you're doing. It doesn't happen when you're face to face. And now I find that I'm disappointed when I can't talk to someone face to face.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna risk something and add something if that's okay, and you okay. can you can correct me if I'm wrong. But here's what I was thinking was, like, if you notice, it's easier to make it about productivity. Like, it's more effective, right?
2: To are work. you therapizing? No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> but this is it's so great because it's live, right? That like, but when I pushed and said, "Oh, you were disappointed," like because as a good blue person. It's like that's not our language. That's not how we think. That's not how we experience it. And so then I'm 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 putting something into you that isn't yours, right? It's
2: productive. It wasn't enjoyable. It was but not it enjoyable. Was productive.
1: So, no. So I love like you're, but you're discerning. Like actually, there's value and right. there's interest, and you, you're noticing an expansion and an interest in other people and and the value of FaceTime.
2: I totally get that now, and also. Not just with talking to people face to face, but I'm also, (laughs) I feel like such a loser, but I'm like, I'm also so much more open to making phone calls. Like before I would avoid a phone call at all costs. And now when I see a phone number pop up on my screen, I think, oh, this might be like something I need to take because, you know, it's always, I would not have said this a little while back, but it's sometimes it's really important to just talk to to someone. pick up the phone. Becky, I promise you, we've got a ton and a
1: wildly amazing number of listeners. We're so happy, thanks to each of you. But I promise you, at least like what's the statistic? Uh, a whole bunch, a big percentage. <laughs>
2: that's a, that's a
1: really that's a very uh, good definitive. statistic. <laughs> <laughs> right. But why I'm saying that is I want to be inclusive, is because again we do it on a spectrum, and at any moment any of us could be. So I really feel like so many people are nodding with you and are so appreciative of you giving voice to actually how it feels.
2: Yeah, but you know what's interesting, though, is um, as I was listening to your Blue podcast, while I appreciated it, and I wanted more, actually, I felt like I need more, like, tell me more about this. When I was listening to your podcast on the red side of the spectrum, I really found myself identifying with that part, too. So I felt a little bit like I had a split personality. (laughs) And then, you know, I guess I kind of realized like, like a, if it's a spectrum, right, then we kind of, at any given time, depending on the circumstances, uh, you might fall anywhere on that spectrum. I'm probably never, I don't know if I'm ever going to be in the green zone, but so I just slip right <laughs> past that green, <laughs> I go to blue. That's white. our t-shirt, you're going to get the t-shirt that says
1: earn security, <laughs> um, which is the green. but becky i can't i'm just like so in heaven right now because you're making all of our points for us which is that the reason we put it from a category that you are avoidant or you are preoccupied is we're really one we're wanting to change the language to make it not pathological blue and red and all that stuff what
2: do you mean by pathological like
1: if i'm a dismissive person that makes me feel a little defensive right Versus, like I, I tend towards the blue side. Also, just labels in general, right? That's it's exactly like, right. Don't
2: call me dismissive. That's don't right. la- I'm not that person. Ex- that's exactly. It's, ex-
1: like it's, it's not an identity. Something. Right. We're actually, as clinicians, we really want to move out. Like part of what we're doing is we're mining the research, and the research has to have categories. But what we're doing is we're translating it into no, we're, we aren't just one thing. And you're making that point so well it's like as you listen to the red you're red you can identify that well that's what we're saying that's why we put it on a continuum it's like in certain circumstances and this is where we can begin to learn about ourselves when do we tend towards red like so for me I'll give you an example is that like if i'm mildly aroused or threatened. Like if it's just minor. What would I w- be
2: like a threatening event for a blue person? Well,
1: let's just say, I don't want to be a blue person, right? Or I don't want you to be a blue person, but right. you might tend towards blue.
2: Right. That's different. Uh-huh.
1: That's where you kind of live. That's right. But what I'm saying is that like, if the threat that I'm, ex- and again, we're usually Maybe like
2: a social situation, because I know that's what f- makes me feel threatened exactly. is someone inviting me to a party where I don't know. Right. It's a mild everybody. threat,
1: but it is, right. a- but it's going to then activate you into more red. Because now you're like interested in connecting, but you're nervous about it. Is that right? Right. So if it's if it's a mild threat, this that's how it is for me. Like if it's if I'm mildly threatened, I'm gonna get more preoccupied. Mm. But the higher threat, if I'm at and we don't typically say, Oh, I'm being threatened right now. It's we just enact the blue and we enact the red. So but what we're trying to do is help you be more conscious. And so and if you could see me, I'm like flipping my hands together like it's the I'm done with you. You know, it's kind of like what it's, it's Becky turning off the podcast. It's the, I gotta go now. I gotta go now is a higher, for me, I think everybody's a little different, but for me, the higher threat, I'm going to go to blue. The lower threat, I will tend to get a little more preoccupied. And that holds true for the kids. The research on the kids is like, if they have hope that the parent will come back, then they're going to be more red. If we're insecure, but if we don't have hope at all, if we've just like, this is Maso, too painful. Right? It's too hard. That we're going to shut all the way off and be like, I don't need you at all. Screw this whole thing. Just is there a color for that? Screw the Well, that's the blue. That's the blue. Oh, though. seriously? Yeah. And so I'm mixing. For those of you that are a little more like following all of this, we're using this spectrum. We're, but we're also adding polyvagal theory and wow. arousal to this and it's basically a depro-
2: it's a lot of information
1: Becky's <laughs> like don't do it Sue. so don't like if we're looking
2: it. at the spectrum right now yeah and we see the blue over here on the left left right? because
1: left brain excel spreadsheet Cold. linear logical Cold-ish. it's more thinking
2: and then, w- and man then as it goes across the green is in the middle yep and the green is like integrated. um Oh ah, uh-huh. angels Perfect. singing exactly. <laughs> in the light the sun is always shining yeah and again and, and the and the green
1: butterflies zone. and it, unicorns but it doesn't mean that we're so happy it simply means that when sh- we're not when crap, activated well when when crap happens we can be dismissive or be of avoid- what it's we're flexible the the more you're close to the middle you're
2: flexible so in how if you're you in the green zone yeah and some like shit hits the fan right what what are you going to do? Well, again, it depends on the shit. <laughs> but like, for example,
1: a secure person, which is what Becky's saying is in the green zone, gets into graduate school, works really hard together. Guess what it does? It makes you preoccupied because you your whole job is to figure out what it is the professors want from you and to give it to them. So that's just an example of like, you're still a secure person,
2: but you're going to get very attuned outside of yourself. And so you, what if you're a secure person and you're in the workplace and you get a promotion and... You get activated because of the expectations that are put on you or... Yeah. I mean, that's a great example. So if we have been raised in the green,
1: then even if we get a little preoccupied or a little blue, if we get a little red or a little blue, or if we get a little bit where we're um, more reserved and um, we hold our cards close to our chest... Or if we get a little more activated, the, the idea is that we're flexible, and we're doing that based on the environment. And that very quickly, as the environment resolves, we're going to move right back to green and be able to go like, oh, I got really nervous. Oh, okay, so
2: it's totally it's normal flexible to, to be kind to of in your natural state that you're in the green zone. That's right. But, you but if stuff happens, you might go red or yeah. towards the red or towards the blue. And that's healthy. For a little bit. That's considered healthy. And then you kind of regulate and get back in your natural state of green or whatever. That's exactly right. So I don't have to necessarily be worried as a parent if I like, of course, I want my daughter to be in the green zone, right? Because I want to feel like I've done a decent job. She's integrated. Right? Thoughts and feelings. But if it's finals and she's (laughs) stressing about her grades and you know tests and all this stuff, she's going to go a little bit to the red. Or a little bit to the blue. That's exactly right. Or whatever works for her. And teenagers, (laughs) by the way,
1: it's completely normal. What you're relying on is can she turn to you as a secure base? And like when she's in trouble, does she talk to you or does she find another secure? Because as they get older, it's not always us. It might be a girlfriend or a boyfriend right. or whoever, but basically can she use relationships? Does she have
2: someone to talk can she, to? Yeah. Is
1: she able to return to someone that, is, that she feels safe with?
2: So what would it look like if she didn't have that person or people in her life?
1: Well, that might be where there's more like what we're describing is that like if you can fluidly move along the whole spectrum, you're in good shape. But as we get further out to the edges, more and more blue, more and more bright red, we get more inflexible. And so basically, what that's a sign of is that how we see ourselves and how we see relationships is is kind of um, hmm. monotone. And we distort it a little bit. So somebody might say, hey, babe, I love you. And they might hear, they're just saying that because they know that I'm mad. Or you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like things get distorted and there's not so much flexibility. It gets it's it gets either like amoeba like on one side or very. And does that
2: go back? I mean, once like maybe the threat or the uncomfortable, like stressful situation gets removed, would that go back, or would they still hang out in that area? Well, if you're
1: actually talking about true attachment disruptions, mm-hmm. we will kind of gravitate. And we're not even talking about disorganized at this attachment
2: point. disruption would be something like your parent leaving or your a divorce or something like that. Or uh, those are possibilities
1: for sure that can cause some. But really, attachment disruptions happen between zero and two.
2: Oh, okay. Very it? early. So it's the petri. It's basically. So my daughter's life was stable and pretty happy between zero and two. I don't have to worry about her. (laughs) I know your daughter
1: and love her dearly. And she's very solid kid. And thank God those zero to two years were pretty good. Yeah, exactly. And also, even if your zero to two was difficult, our brains are very plastic and we can continue to grow. And what we want to do is hang out more in the green more often. And then, as we shift red or blue, like sort of understand more, like oh, I'm god, I'm really nervous. Do or, you need
2: to really focus to make sure that the, the hanging out in the green is happening? I mean, is that that's like a goal of yours with making sure life isn't too stressful well, as much as possible? So, Becky, I
1: think your story is the most beautiful story of like the beginning of this. Like, you can have more, and that you didn't even know that you needed more, but. Like as you, as you gain more of like this interpersonal connection, you can find it rewarding. So I think that's where we're going with all of this is that like if we tend to be a little more in our head, we get to feel more vulnerable with people and feel safe. And then if we're a little bit more like chaotic and amoeba and uh, up on the ceiling, that we also get to feel more grounded with ourselves. We don't have to have that person validate that we're okay. So that's the rough idea. So all of that is fantastic. And I love, love, love these examples. And one of the things Becky was really proud of is like, I can't remember if we said this already at the beginning, but like, this is about single people that aren't looking for romance, but that have real relationships in the world. And that this science can impact everybody, not just it hasn't, it's really not about just romantic relationships. We can also apply this up like to our parents. And down well, that's to our a, kids. That would be an interesting. Yeah, podcast. and and there's another podcast that we mentioned. All of this we'll put in our notes. But about aging and and attachment and how that again our attachment issues get stirred up more when we're in threat. So it's not like when everything's good, we probably all look pretty good. But it's actually when there's threat. So when people age and they begin to their bodies begin to lose function and their minds begin to get looser, their attachment stuff comes up again, just like in a breakup or birth of a child or you know our child hitting the age we were when we were had our trauma all those things will reignite the attachment issues it doesn't mean that you haven't worked on them in therapy and that you haven't done great work it just means it's another I think of it like instead of like a circle like oh I'm good oh crap I'm bad oh I'm good again (laughs) I think of it more like a corkscrew so like I'm good. And then like, oh, I'm in the dumps and I'm all these things are happening to me. But when I come back out of it, I've moved forward because I've learned from there and I come back out at a different place. And even if I go back down, it's all, it's progressive and I'm, and I'm mapping my internal world better. And I'm also mapping you, Becky, better and people close to me better so that I can feel more secure in the world. So if you don't respond to my text, I'm not going to be like, Becky hates me. I might say, Becky's a little overwhelmed and this is what Becky does.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the corkscrew time because um, when, when I was in college. Because I, we want to have a glass of wine, is that what? <laughs> <laughs> well, what it made me think of was when I was in, in college and I was um, taking classes on literary theory, it seemed like we always define female time as cyclical. And male time is linear, but now you're introducing this concept of a corkscrew, which Ooh! I think is super, super interesting because, you know, I do not binary. I do think that it's not just as simple as linear. So I think linear might be linear with some hills or something. Some
1: man, mic drop. You just think, <laughs> great. I mean, because everything's going right towards. Non-binary, really, like all these different places. And so this idea of the attachment spectrum is the same thing, right? That it's, there's nothing linear and there's nothing circular. Right. It's both.
2: It's a a hybrid, right? It's a hybrid. That's right. I love, I mean, I feel kind of silly doing it, but... It seems like spectrum applies to so many things. I saw I listened to this interview where they were talking about psychosis being a spectrum mm-hmm. also. So oh. you, you know, you're not just psychotic or not psychotic. It's a spectrum of psychosis. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Pick I definitely have been psychotic in moments <laughs> in my life. <laughs> it's not that easy. You can't just say And I think that goes for everything, sexuality, you know, you name it. That's right, gender.
1: And just to wrap up, like, that's a really great example of, like, why that the blue saying, like, I'm good, what's the problem? That you can hear now that it's deactivating curiosity. It's deactivating the spectrum by just brushing your hands and like, what? I'm healthy. What's the problem? Well,
2: yeah. Like when you talk about, you know, zipped up, like imagine being zipped up in your mummy sleeping bag and you have no exposure to the world at all. Zipped up in your mummy. Exactly. (laughs) But you're also not getting anything. You're not. There's nothing
1: else happening. There's no continuum there, right? Right. You're just, it's this isolated So we are ruining blue for so many people in this moment, just like it's been ruined for you. Right. They say the AA ruins drinking. You cannot This podcast anymore. is going to ruin avoidant attachment.
2: There will be and- no more zippers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and on that note, I think you have been so wonderful to make this point and from a different perspective. We so
2: appreciate you, Becky Mendeville. Why do you keep calling my name out like that? Because I want the world to know... <laughs> Um, I'm going to get all these Facebook friend requests now. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, if you would like to find Becky Mendel, no, you can check on
1: the Facebook. show notes, and we'll see if whether or not she actually adds her contact information. Yes, or please
2: check te- check out my uh, Bumble profile. <laughs> <and> <laughs>
1: And you know what you all should do? You should all like try to find her and and, like give her kisses on the cheek or just like adore her and stuff to like mess with her blue status.
2: (laughs) I'm not zipped up in the sleeping bag, but I'm still just a little zipped up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we're working on that. And thank you so much, Becky, for sharing your the influence that this podcast has had, but also for... Really, I think that you have inspired so many people right now. I can almost imagine the letters we're going to get. We get them after most podcasts, and also for our listeners, those of you have been writing and encouraging us. It it means so much to us, and this is why we're doing this. This is why we brought Becky on. So this is a labor of love, and we hope to continue. And honestly, I have to tell you, there's been several messages that we've gotten that were basically they were lost in space, but. In particular, there's some people from Turkey that have reached out to us. We want to say thank you. I can't tell you how meaningful it is to us that what we've been producing has really impacted people. So we really want to let you know that we're hearing that. We appreciate it. So if this is new to you, then please go to the video that is on our website at therapist and you will be able to check out this short little free video where we explain what the heck we're talking about. And then also there are obviously tons of podcasts that are free for you to check out. And please subscribe. And the most important thing you can do is review us because that lets the world know that this is good, valuable content and share it freely okay thank you so much becky mendeville for joining us <laughs> you're mendeville, welcome mendeville, it was a mendeville, pleasure mendeville.
2: <laughs> um, you want to give my twitter handle too while you're at and it please no, would neither. you like to
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay everybody check out to see in the show notes whether or not becky added her twitter handle <laughs> and if she did we're going to all applaud her and if she didn't we're going to totally respect that she is taking this at her own pace thank you all right uh we will see you right around the bend thank you for listening
0: Therapist Uncensored is Anne Kelly and Sue Marriott. This podcast is edited by Jack Anderson.